yet basic question that we ask all the time is, who are you? People have a really hard time answering that question. And I mean, arguably, like, so do I even now, right? Even after all of the work that I've done, there's still opportunity to get more clear on who I am. And it really comes from just listening. It comes from listening to yourself. But we are so busy not listening to ourselves because we're listening to everything around us and the expectations and all of those things that it muddles who we are on the inside and really being able to just become what it is that we already are, you know? Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls. It is another Wednesday and another episode of the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. This week's guest is the host of the Aligned Mama Podcast, and I'm super excited to introduce you to Liz DeFinis. Liz has a PhD in psychology and a master's in science in occupational therapy. She is also a certified UC Holy Fire 3 Level 2 Reiki practitioner, and is trained in relaxation, meditation, guided imagery, and aromatherapy. Liz believes that through a holistic approach of supporting and healing the mind, body, and soul, full life transformation is possible and that the results are limitless. Liz and I have such a great conversation about evolving and how we are constantly figuring out who we are without the labels. We also chat about the tools that we develop to break out of the constraints that we find ourselves under and how to soothe our emotions in order to best communicate and move forward. We also talk about making decisions by listening to that inner guidance and then fully investing in yourself. And so this conversation is super, super amazing with all that Liz has gone through. So I hope that you enjoy. But before we start and dig in, I want you to make sure that you listen all the way to the end because I'll be giving all the details on my upcoming giveaway, which is going to be on for the entire month of April as I am approaching not only the sixth month mark with the podcast, but aiming and know that I will hit over a thousand downloads this month, which is super, super exciting. So with that being said, uh, let's get started in our conversation with Liz. Hey, Liz, how are you? Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. Great. Okay, so I would love for you to introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of that, who you are, what you do, but also I would love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about what you're currently excited about right now in this sort of, and we'll get into it, new season uh, of your life. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, I'm Liz. And so I, um, I've done a lot of different things over the years. And I mean, primarily my biggest role that is most fulfilling to me is being a mom. And so I, you know, always wanted to be a mom growing up. I was like, Oh, I don't have babies. And I baby dolls and took care of my sister. And that's just something I always wanted. Um, and so I do have three kiddos and I'm married. Um, and my kids are nine, eight, and my daughter just turned three and we homeschool. So that's definitely a big part of answering that question of like, who am I, you know, um, it's, it's more of what I do rather than who am I, but it does make up a portion of, you know, what, what makes me who I really am and who I've always wanted to be. Um, and so what I'm excited about, you know, we did just have a really big move. Um, we have lots of big things happening in our life. Um, my background is in occupational therapy, but I am now an entrepreneur. Um, so I have a PhD in psychology and a master's in occupational therapy. And, I've used that and evolved over the years to doing more of a life coaching component of my life. And so um, I really enjoy doing that. I like being able to have that freedom to 
help clients where they're really at. Um, I really primarily focus on being able to help people with prioritized alignment, being able to get into that space of what matters most in your life. Um, you know, as a busy mom who homeschooled and, you know, is the operations manager for a seven figure business, plus have my own business, plus I'm an executive assistant for another business. It's lots of different balls in the air. And so really the answer to quote unquote, as people say, doing all the things is prioritization and it's being able to do that through alignment. And so, um, in all the seasons of my life, because seasons change, as I know, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's the biggest thing is being able to recognize what season you're in and make the adjustments. And so um, that's a big part of, of what I do and what I've loved about my result that I've created over the years. Oh my gosh, so much here that and this is why I really wanted to have to have you on the podcast, because I feel that there's so much there that I resonate with a, you know, being a mom, um, working, budding entrepreneur, like all these things and how you approach that is for me in total alignment uh, as we go. And I know that you have a podcast, so I want to talk about that as well. But um, right. So this podcast, my, the spiritual shift worker podcast is sort of a play on the fact that I'm a busy shift worker. I work um, every other week. I'm not home. Um, so it, making time to fill in all those, like you said, all those things, as well as obviously sharing with the guests, people that have made some pretty big shifts in their lives. And I know that you just recently did one. Um, so maybe we can just talk about that and sort of what brought you to that. And I sort of want to dig into that and how that was aligned for you, that big move. Yeah. Yeah. So we did just make a really big shift. I have to say, I feel like the last three years since I had my daughter, it's just been like a giant shift. Um, but when you look back, you know, like they say hindsight's twenty twenty. then it's like, oh, but there was that time before that and before that. And so, you know, um, I wasn't always a big believer in shifting and I very much grew up in like small town. Everybody lives there forever. Nobody leaves, nobody does anything different, you know? And so I was very much raised in that type of atmosphere. And, um, it was after I had my two boys that we had some major changes. You know, my husband had lost his job and like, there was just so much going on. And we lived in Pennsylvania at the time and, um, there was no work, you know, where we lived, there was just really no work. Um, there wasn't really a lot of options. And so we started to look in the area, but also out of the area. And there was definitely a lot of resistance from, you know, family and friends who were just like, you're going to do what? Because we ended up moving to Florida. So that was really like the first big move. And I have to be honest, had I not made that move, like this move that we just made now would not have happened. Um, I reconnected with how I felt during that previous move to be able to get through the moments of, oh my gosh, during this one. And, um, you know, we moved to Florida from Pennsylvania with no family and we had two little boys. Um, at the time they were one and a half and, um, like two and a half, almost three. Um, and so it was, it was a lot at the time. And so, um, over the years shifts have happened. And so this most recent move moving across the country. So we had moved to Florida and then we moved to another place in Florida and then we moved to North Carolina. That's all happened in the last couple of years. And then now this move, we moved from North Carolina out to Nevada. So um, a big move in that it's obviously totally across the country. So no longer on, you know, the East Coast, which secretly has been a dream of mine forever. <laughs> um, but one that uh, I just, every time I tried to go for it, something held me back. There was always something that I allowed to hold me back. And so this time when the opportunity came up and my husband was all in, I was like, I think that the time is right. Nice. Yeah. And it's funny how you said like growing up in um, a small town where people, you know, you obviously maybe you can clarify, but had this knowing that this was, there was something more and that you were the, everybody's mindset was still, why would you do that? And the judgment. And so did that, was that played in there? I mean, it's a limiting belief, but it's also a societal with who we surround ourselves with, right? It affects how we make decisions. And so is that, you think you would have made those shifts earlier had, and again, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But maybe being brought up in a different atmosphere, and I know the answer is probably yes, but for you specifically, how did you get over that, those 
What are you doing? Are you sure you want to do that? All those comments and judgments that came on you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what was interesting is that we dealt with all of that back then. And even though we moved from Pennsylvania to Florida, we made that big move and all of those things. When we moved out here, we dealt with all of it again. Um, so it's kind of like we just, it continued, you know, it was like, again, like, I mean, I guess, cause it's further. So I, you know, I don't really know the mindset behind that, but it's, and it's, you know, it's not just family, it's friends too, you know, definitely. Um, my husband has an amazing group of friends that he's been friends with like forever from home and like kindergarten, you know, like that thing that like doesn't happen to many people, but he has that amazing group, but you know, and they do it jokingly, but like, you know, that there's a small part in there that is not a joke. You know, they definitely think it's crazy. I mean, people think it's crazy. Um, I would say for me, overcoming that was, it's really been, it's about the shifts that I had to make at some point in my life where I had to look at myself and say, Hey, you know, what are your core values? What is it that you really want? What is it that you, you know, how do you want to feel every day when you wake up and when you go to bed? Like, what are the feelings that you want to have? And making choices that align with that vision for myself and my family. That's really the only, the only way to make those decisions, even though there's people judging, is to really connect with the core reason of why you're making the decision you're making. And when you know that there's a reason why you're doing it, it really doesn't matter what anybody says because they don't understand the reason why like you understand. And so, you know, there's that component of that in there of being able to just not tune it out, but be able to just acknowledge, you know, acknowledge when somebody says something about like, well, why would you do that? It, it's being able to just let them feel seen and heard, acknowledge that, that they need to express that, and also be able to feel really self-assured in your decisions because they're coming from a place of, this is part of a plan. This isn't just like, oh, today I decided I'm going to move across the country. It's, you know, I know exactly why I'm doing this and there's a trajectory of where this is going to go. And we don't always know the full plan, but if we can trust that the plan is going to take us in the direction that is best for us and that we're going to continue to make decisions that are aligned along the way, no matter where you end up going, it'll be fine. Mm, that is so, so important. I just actually um, did a podcast episode that came out this week about that prior prioritizing your values. And then I had the same conversation this morning with a girlfriend where it's like, what are your core values? What is it that is most important to you and how you want to feel on a day-to-day -day basis? So I'm so happy that you sort of solidified that in that, unfortunately, there's a lot of lot of people that I see. And, um, and again, when you're surrounded by the people where that you're in the circles and in the containers where you want to be, where you see those people, it's easy to get in a bubble where you think that everybody's living this way. And then you realize that, you know, there's still people that, don't look at that life that way, where what are your core values? What is it that you envision for your life? Because if you don't do that, you're just literally living on autopilot, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think like the the most loaded question, the, the most loaded question yet basic question that we ask all the time is, who are you? People have a really hard time answering that question. And I mean, arguably, like, so do I even now, right? Even after all of the work that I've done, there's still opportunity to get more clear on who I am. And it really comes from just listening. It comes from listening to yourself. But we are so busy not listening to ourselves because we're listening to everything around us and the expectations and all of those things that it muddles who we are on the inside and really being able to just become what it is that we already are, you know? And so really it's like, when we talk about what we want to become and who we want to become, it's really becoming more yourself. But we've spent so many years not being that, that it's like peeling back those layers to recognize like, yeah, being a mom is definitely a role that I fulfill. It is not who I am though. I am not a mom. I play the role of being a mom. And like now in my core, going back to my original answer to that, when I first started, you know, at my core, I always wanted to be a mom. At my core, I have mothering type of features that are natural to me. So that is a part of me as me. But the fact that I have children that I take care of, that is a role that I fulfill. And in doing that, I get to really be myself and use that part of me. And so it's really important to understand those pieces because, you know, having children is a role that's fulfilled, not 
it's a label that you put on yourself. It's not actually being a mom. You know, being a mom is a feeling. Doing mothering is something that we do with our children. And I mean, you don't really have to have both essentially. I mean, you can be a mothering kind of person and not have children and you can do mothering and not feel like you're being a mothering kind of person. Like there's a differentiation there. And this is across the board with everything. Like that's just one concrete example, but answering that question of like, who are you under all the labels, right? If you're not a significant other, if you're not, you know, a mother, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're not a worker, a nurse, a doctor, you know, an OT in my case, like any of those things, if you're not those things, who are you? If you lived in a world where there were no labels and you just like flew to Mars and met people there and they were like, who are you? And they're like, you're like, I'm a nurse. And they're like, well, what's a nurse? If you went somewhere where people didn't know your labels, how would you express who you are? And that's when you really get into that nitty gritty of like, what are your core values and why do they matter? And being able to make decisions from that place free of labels and expectations. Oh, I love that so, so much because we, I was, uh, talking about right we get these labels and identities on ourselves and we pigeonhole ourselves into this box and then there comes a point where you're like but that's not that's not me or you evolve and you awaken and you're like that's not me anymore and I want to break out of that and going back to the core values but I being a mother was not something having kids was never something I thought would be on my radar growing up and yet I have two wonderful boys and it's funny because I don't see myself, never saw myself as the mothering type. So I love the way that you put the distinction there, but I am very mothering, but I'm not just a mom, right? Like I'm more than that. I, I take care of my kids. Like you said, I love the way that you put the distinction between that, how we can be it, the different things. But how do you, how do you get to that point? How did you, what the tools did you use to be able to listen long enough to figure out that out? Or was that the core values always there? Was it muddled and you had to get clear? And what did you do to get clear? Yeah, definitely didn't always have have the tools, um, for sure. And, you know, the person that I am today, you know, if, if people today that know me today had known me years ago, they would just not recognize, you know, who I was or what I was doing. Um, I was meek and quiet and a, very much a people pleaser. Um, you know, I grew up being given everything that I needed, but very like unstable in that, you know, um, my dad was an alcoholic and like, I took care of the house and like had to get into that role of like taking care of everything. So I was kind of always in fight or flight of like, what can I do to prevent X, Y, and Z, right? Like, what can I do to prevent the fight today? What can I do to prevent this? And like, I can remember, you know, the feelings of anxiety, just constantly being there and being on edge and, and nervous and scared. And um, not that there was any like abuse, like uh, physically or anything like that, but just high stress. It, it's being in high stress environments all the time is extremely, it's overwhelming on the body and, you know, the mind. And so it didn't have these tools. And um, the first time that I really started to kind of venture out was uh, when I was an occupational therapist, I um, decided I wanted to do some travel therapy. And so as a part of travel therapy, I was going to go travel the U S and I was so excited and, um, I had it all mapped out where I was going to go. And I was just, I was so excited to start, um, the very first placement that I did, I only did an hour and a half away though, from home, because it was the first one. And I was like, let me get my feet wet with the company before I'm like, also in a totally new environment. Right. So I made that decision. And while I was there, my dad got in an accident um, and had a brain injury and I ended up never traveling. So I continued to extend my contract in that area for about like six more months. So a, a total of nine months at the nine month mark, I was like, I'm probably never going to leave. Um, and so I ended up just going back home. I bought a house. I put roots down in what I said I was never going to do. I did. And I put roots down and, um, that's, and I mean, everything happens the way that it happens. And it was for the best. I did meet my husband because of that. He's from the hometown too. Um, I don't know how I got him out. <laughs> Still have no idea how that works. Um, I definitely was much more of like the adventurous type than him. I would say like back then, like his, his intentions would never have been to leave. Um, but I did meet him and then we ended up you know, having our kiddos. So I am grateful for that. 
Um, thinking about like how I developed the tools, you know, there were a couple really pivotal moments of how I shifted from being that meek person who wouldn't make decisions and then made decisions, but backed out of them because, because of people pleasing, because of needing to support and and make sure everyone else is okay. And there's this like, you know, making sure everyone's okay and, and always being the rock. And that's really like how I felt is like, I always had to be the rock and I never got to just like go be myself. And so I never spread my wings real far. You know, I just kind of like flittered around and did the little things. And so when my husband lost his job and we moved to Florida, that was definitely huge, right? A huge, big, pivotal move. Um, It was scary. I, you know, the only way that I can express that we got through this is that I was working part-time at the time and my husband was working full-time and carried all our benefits and we had two kids. So like, you got to do what you got to do. And I can tell you that we were barely putting food on the table. So as it was. And when he lost that job, it was like, this isn't sustainable for more than three months. Like this is not sustainable and um, we've got to make some decisions. And so when we applied for jobs, um, I couldn't really find anything full-time in my area. Um, And full-time was like 30 hours a week. And it was like, okay, but that's not even full-time. Like I'm not really not, like I was working part-time working 24 hours a week. And I was like, so I'm going to add one more day and then the pay is going to get cut because I'm going to be considered full time. And then your pay goes down. So it's like, really, I was going to make the same amount of money. And I was like, I didn't have any options. And so, um, we looked into Florida and I was offered three times what we were making together in Pennsylvania. And I was like, there's no decision here. This isn't a decision. This is a, we need to make this move because this is going to change our lives. And, um, you know, no more worrying about putting food on the table. You know, um, i definitely have stories of like counting out the paper towels and making sure we only use three a day because we can't use more than that, or we're not going to have enough. And, um, everything was very much not enough. You know, it was, I didn't have enough to take the kids to the doctor. You know, it was really very, scary at the time of like, if something, if just one thing happened, I don't know how we would have pulled it off. And so that was very pivotal. But um, the tools that I developed later, I would say that I made that decision out of like, survival is not quite the right word, but like it needed to happen. But when I made future decisions, it really came from when I had my daughter and when I had my daughter, she had a stroke and um, they changed everything. And so in those moments of listening to yourself, uh, that's where that really came in. Um, being able to hear what the doctors are saying and filter it and make my own decision. The doctors very much told us that she was, you know, going to have major complications, um, you know, no movement on one side of her body, feeding tubes, like all kinds of issues. And, um, we were prepared for the worst, but I just, some part of me just couldn't believe it. I was like, I I just don't believe, like, I don't believe it. Like I'm looking at her and I'm watching her move. And I'm like, I I can't believe that that's going to be the outcome of this. And it's not, she has literally zero effects from that stroke. And so that's kind of, you know, over the years, it's like, I listened to myself a little more each time and, Thank God I did. Cause when I had my daughter, it changed everything. And I know that that's, that is one of the reasons, um, you know, wanting you wanted to be home, obviously with the birth of your daughter and, and uh, yeah. those issues. And so you really dove all in and listening to yourself on, and some self-assurance and some, you know, coaching from that um, other entrepreneurial world building that trust in yourself to make these shifts. How did that, like, you see one sort of like thing that really starts to go off and you're like, holy shit, I can really do this. What was that? Like, how did that feel inside your body? Like, what was the physical reaction that you had if you had one where it was like the light bulb moment? Holy shit, I can do this. What was that? So for me, it was definitely when I landed my first two high ticket clients. Um, So I had, you know, it all started out. I was only on maternity leave and I wrote a book and I released the book and then I hired a coach and then I was like, knew I was going to have to go back to work. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And it was also in the time of COVID. So I had my daughter in 2020, right before COVID and then COVID hit and she was really high risk because she, because of the stroke, she had seizures. And so any kind of virus can trigger seizures, seizure onset 
mindset. So, um, you know, we had to be like really cognizant of that. And so I was really afraid to go back to work. I worked as an occupational therapist. So like being exposed to COVID was probably going to happen. I mean, to think that it wouldn't was like kind of ridiculous. So it was really scary to go back to work. And um, so I hired a coach and I did some basic stuff. Um, and I started to build a business. I sold, I sold to one client for $33. It was not okay. Like I need six figures as an OT. So $33 in four months was definitely not going to make it work. Um, so, you know, I was kind of in that space of like, I really didn't want to go back to work. And I knew that we needed to figure out her care and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And then I lost my job and I was like, okay, well, this wasn't in the plans. And at this point, savings was drained. Um, and it started to feel like that same thing that had happened years ago when we moved to Florida, because I was like looking at the bank account and I'm like, okay, like I can spend like, you know, $70 on groceries and like looking at what I can get for $70. Like, and I started to go back into that scarcity of like trying to like nickel and dime and count and like figure out how I'm going to make it work. Right. And at that same time, about nonstop, and so I went in and nonstop notifications, you know, I hired Nicole as my coach and I just was like, if this is ever going to work, it's only going to work if I have a program to help me. That's it. Like I might be able to sell $33 here and there, maybe even a couple hundred dollars. But like, if I'm going to replace my six figure salary, I need to work with somebody who's done it, who knows what to do, who can help me figure out these pieces. Cause while I can absolutely deliver a result, I did not know how to sell and market in the way that I needed to. And so that was the missing piece for me. And so everybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, they have some sort of missing piece, right? There's something about the the development of the path where you're like, okay, like I have this and this and this and this, but I'm missing this piece. And without that piece, you know, I mean, it's not that you can't make it, but it's going to take a lot longer. And I didn't have time. I didn't have money and I didn't have time because if I didn't pull it off soon, then I was going to need to go find another job. So I dove all in, went into nonstop, two and a half weeks in, close to high ticket clients. That's that moment. Like, oh my gosh, it's working, right? It's like, oh my gosh, it's working. Um, I could feel it. I could see it. And so, you know, in my body, you know, it really, it's just like a whole body, like ripple of just like that moment of um, like, you're almost like shaking because you're just so excited, you know, like you just can't even handle the excitement and and the anxiety in a good way inside of your body. And so that was it for me, you know, and I mean, I was all in, I launched my beta right after that and created that into a signature program. I sold several clients into that over like the next year um, and then became support coach at that point and nonstop. And then that grew into the operations management role. So my role has grown with that business as well. Um, so I still run my own business and have my clients that are in Pathy Line Soul, but then I also run and work with Nicole and her business. And so in Wonder World, you know, it's an amazing thing to just see how all these pieces came together. Amazing. Yeah, I love that so much because it, then the momentum starts rolling, right? And then you're like, the belief really, really elevates to a whole different level. So your signature program, um, tell us a little bit about that, because that's that's about prioritizing time and time management-ish being in a line way, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's um it's called Pathway Line Soul. Um, and it's exactly what it's named. You know, it's being able to align your life. And so really aligning like all the pieces of you, you know, who you are on the outside, those roles, those labels that you have. Um, also being able to look at like who you are on the inside as like a person, the core values and all of those pieces, and being able to connect with your vision of like where you want to go and, and how you want to get there. Um, and then it covers all of those pieces of like how, right? It's like, okay, well, great. I have this big dream and I want to do that. And like, I know it aligns with my core values, but like, then you look at your life and you're like, but I have this mess, right? Like I have like, I have parents and friends who don't support me going down this path and they don't understand me and they don't understand the path that I'm on. And so like, how can I, right? And it's, that's that piece of setting boundaries. And so Empathy line soul, when you set boundaries, it comes from a place of really understanding who you are at the core 
and being boundaries are not like, no, you can't do that. It's not about telling people, no, I'm not going to go. It's about being able to communicate openly with others in your life based on the why. So when we talked about making these big decisions and like not being sure, you know, how, how do we make those changes when everyone around us is judging? This is how, because you can easily communicate free of the emotional attachment. Many times these conversations become kind of hairy because we instantly get defensive. Like I want to start a business because, and like, you can't tell me I can't. Right. So when you bring that energy into the conversation, it makes it kind of hairy, but when you can get into that space of being able to do this from a place of really knowing yourself and what you want and why you want it, you've already soothed all those crazy feelings. The crazy doesn't have to come out in the conversation. You can just openly express why the decisions are being made the way that they're being made. Not that you have to justify, but if you want to have this conversation and it is a loved one and you're not just going to tell them like the heck with you and you're actually going to talk to them, then this is a place where you can really do that. And so Empathy Line Soul, it kind of covers a cohesive look at your life and ensuring that you have alignment between all of the different pieces, you know, who you are and what you do and why you do it. And then being able to prioritize those pieces to create what, what I consider an aligned routine, which Time blocking is pretty popular out there. So when we talk about like time management, you mentioned time management. It's like, yes, but from a totally different perspective, because time management is often micromanagement. It's often time blocking and forcing things to happen at certain times and in a way that like, well, this is how my schedule is. And it's like, that's not optimizing your energy levels. That's not optimizing what you desire to do. And when you can get into a space where you have an aligned routine, it allows you to just ebb and flow throughout the whole day. Mm, Yes. And that is something that I, you know, as I was talking about, when you prioritize your values, but you can be in full alignment with what those are and you know yourself really deeply and what's important, then that alignment and prioritizing is way easier, right? You're able to do those daily habits and then you're able to flow into the next role or getting the other things done more intentionally with your time, right? When you're fully aligned, filling yourself up first, um, and then you can go and be all the other things and do all the other things. So I think that that is, that program is changing lives for sure. Um, What, what do you use? Are you, because I know you do other modalities. Do you use those inside of your, your programs as well? Um, so I do, um, offer Reiki. Um, it is not a part of Pathy Line Soul specifically. Um, but it's something that definitely can be offered as like an additional, um, component that's like added onto it. So, um, there's, you know, Pathy Line Soul has evolved over time. And so it used to just be the base program. And now I've really created a part of it where, um, you get daily touch points. And so it helps guide people with specific prompts. So rather than just having access to like modules and the coaching, there's also this component where you receive a daily touch point that gives you something to reflect on or like a mini training to watch or something that helps you stay in that path of alignment while you're starting. And so you get several weeks of that in the very beginning. And then there's also an opportunity to be able to offer some one-on-one components where sometimes it just takes that little click of like one-on-one back and forth to be able to shift into what, what you want and where you want things to go with it. Um, so Reiki is like another kind of piece of that too. Like if you're going through the program and you're like, you know, I'm answering these questions and I'm digging deep, but like, there's just something there that like, I know it's there and I can't quite see, I can't quite touch it. There's these opportunities to be able to dive even a little bit deeper, um, depending on where everybody is. And so it's very unique in that, like, obviously it's your own path. Right. And so like, while there is a program there, it does get adjusted based on what individual clients needs are as they go through. Yeah, I think that that is so needed more and more where you see on the in the online space right now where there's so much of the group coaching is being promoted. Um, and I think it's great. I think building a community is fabulous. But like you said, sometimes that one-on-one is is what, the, what is needed most. And adding that into a program like yours is, I think, just literally, it, it, it unravels and digs deeper. Yeah. I just want to, sorry, go back to uh, your relationship, if you if you feel aligned to, to talk about it, because 
you know, you said you both, you and your husband, you met, you both live in the small same town. Um, and then there came the point where, you know, it was, it wasn't even a decision when you guys had to move to Florida. It was like, this is what has to happen. And your husband, obviously there was, there had to have obviously been some alignment with that as well, knowing what was important. But at any point, was there this sort of, this is you knowing in your own soul what you needed to do, your path that you were on. And was there any disconnect there? And how did, and if there was, how did you either build that dream, that vision together? Or was there a point where it's like, oh, wait a minute, we're on different paths here. What, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so when we moved to Florida, one of big part of that decision is the fact that my husband does have two sons from a previous marriage and they lived in the hometown as well. Um, and so there was definitely some decisions to be made with that. And I mean, really ultimately, you know, I did not, um, I don't know if this is the right way to put this, but like push my vision for this onto him in any way. Um, you know, we both talked about it. We wanted to go see the area. So we went down to Florida. We saw the area. Um, we, you know, looked into all the things. And when we were down there, I remember driving around and saying to him, like, you know, do we want to do this? Like, is this, is this where we want to be? And, um, you know, he, he was upset, you know, he had his moments where it's hard, you know, it was hard to make that decision. Um, and I told him, I said, in no way, shape or form is this like set in stone. Like, you know, this is a decision that we need to make together and it needs, it needs to make sense for both of us because had I, had I pushed that right, then there would have been resentment later on. And so I think like that's something important where everybody gets to voice, you know, what, what they see and like why they see it, like what they want. And then decisions need to be made from a place of what makes sense for everybody. Because while we didn't have the money and we couldn't find the jobs up there, like we likely would have figured it out. It wouldn't have been the best situation in the world, but we would have figured it out. This wasn't like this wasn't the only answer. Another answer I am more than certain would have come along over time. Um, but we knew that we couldn't live the life we wanted up there. And so even though like, you know, we, we could have the kids come over and everything, like there was always stress about buying clothes and having, you know, having enough food for everybody when they were there Four boys to feed is a lot of boys. Um, you know, and so there was definitely like a lot of, a lot of hard decisions with that for sure. And so it was definitely, um, emotional to make those decisions. And we knew that in moving, we were also committing to making sure that he was flying home very regularly and that they were coming down, um, when that was possible as well. And so, you know, it was, it was committing to a lot of things. So it wasn't like just an easy decision. I mean, we owned our house up there, we had to sell it, you know, there were a lot of parts that needed to be put into place in order for it to work the way that it did. Um, moving to Nevada, he was a little, interestingly enough, we would all think from the outside that I would have been on board with this because um, for any listeners who don't know the whole story, I mean, I work with Nicole in Wonderworld and Nicole lives in Nevada. So um, everyone would have thought that this would have been me pushing for this one, <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, my husband actually really wanted to move out West and he kind of voiced that before. When we moved to North Carolina, it was okay, but we didn't love where we moved. We were just kind of like, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not good. It just is. Right. Um, and so I was content staying there for at least like another year. Um, and he was more like, yeah, I don't really like it here. Like, I think we should move. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. We just packed everything and moved here. It sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I was ready to wait. Um, but interestingly enough, um, you know, he had been talking about it for maybe a year ish and, um, I had come to Reno and to Lake Tahoe for uh, the retreats in Wonderworld. So I had been out here. He had never been here before we moved. Um, nobody else saw it but me. And I really didn't see Reno all that much because I was in Tahoe for the retreat. Um, but, you know, I came out the first time and I think he was sort of hoping I was going to really like it and want to want to move. And he kind of kept putting the bug in my ear about moving. Um, and then when I went to the second retreat, which was about like six ish, seven months later, um, I was, I remember sitting at the table at the retreat and Nicole was doing card pulls for different people. And, um, 
I expected my card to be about something in particular. And then it like, as she read it, I was like, oh my God, that card is all about me having to move. Like, are you serious right now? Like, where is that coming from? And so it was one of those moments where like, I just knew I wasn't fully ready to accept it, but like in my gut, I was like, oh, that's what that is. Like, and I, and there was just, there was no denying it at that point, you know, like I had already been thinking about it. He wanted to do it. And I was like, I was afraid, you know, I was allowing fears to hold me back up until that point. And, um, you know, I had to face those fears. I had to, you know, make some decisions and, and do things that really were aligned. And so that's, that's really where that decision came from. Um, he was all on board and I was a little afraid, um, but here we are. And so we yeah. did it. You know? I like what you just said about the card pull, right? Because the, the card pulls are always, I find, really just, again, right, reaffirming what you already know. Yeah. The universe is just saying, hey, you know what? This just It's like that little slap in the face or that little tap on the shoulder going, hey, wake up. Yeah. This is just the reassuring of that. And so you just mentioned that you had some fears to face. Oh, and it's 111 right now. Um, the fears to face. And what something that's just come up for me literally this morning was that, so that fear of, what was it? Was it the fear of going out and, and not being able to continue? Was it, because I know for me, one of the things I've uncovered is sometimes there's, it's not so much the fear of failure. It's the fear of success. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when the card was pulled, there was that moment of like, this is where you get to choose to listen to yourself, right? Where like, I, I mean, you can, card pulls only work if you allow them to, because they're going to guide you. Ju- they're not really telling your future or any of those yeah. things, right? It's about you connecting with yourself and recognizing your own future and your belief in it, right? So it's like when she's reading the card and I'm connecting it to moving when that wasn't even on my mind I was like oh that was tucked way back in my mind and ironically enough the whole retreat was about release the resistance (laughs) oh okay like that's really convenient isn't it like we just spent a whole week working on like releasing the resistance and then I get a card about moving I'm like okay it doesn't get more ironic than that and I mean that's the thing about there is nothing that's really ironic right because at the end of the day I mean, it's the thought that you already had. That's what made it ironic. What made it ironic is that I already had this thought in the back of my mind and I wasn't taking action on it. For me, it was definitely, um, it was the fear of, the fear of change. I have a really big fear that I am still working through um, very regularly. And, you know, I tell my clients all the time, like, cause they'll be like, I think I'm going backwards. And it's like, you're not going backwards. Like it's not about going backwards. It's that like, there's always more work to do. And I mean, once you have the tools, like once, once my clients come through Pathway Line Soul and they have the tools that they need to make aligned life decisions, it just becomes easy to do them. And then you are able to soothe those fears. Um, one of the big, one of the big fears that, you know, I do have is that fear of like being too much and, um, what happens if I fully embody myself completely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that there's a lot of big energy in there. And I know that um, I've let it out little by little. And I know how people react when I let it out little by little, right? So if you just open the door and just put it all out there, like, you know, um, what that response is going to be. And I've been able to do that slowly over the years. You know, I've been doing it. Um, I have been soothing it. And I'm becoming more and more. Um, but that would have been the big fear is like, of just, you know, too much, like too big, um, too fast, you know, all of those two, two, two. And, um, interestingly enough, it's like, you, you have this fear of like being too much and being like too big, too fast. But then at the same time, it's coupled with like, not enough and how you can have all that in the same body. I don't know, but, but it's so common for so many. Right. And so, um, it's interesting because by holding ourselves back so that we're not too much, we are making ourselves not enough. And so we perpetuate the cycle of, you know, allowing the fear to guide us and then it feeds the victimhood of not enough. And so um, it's soothing that, you know, one layer at a time, it's being able to, to see it, to feel it, to know it um, and to know that it's going to be rocky. And so like our move here, I don't, maybe I just don't remember this part of the Florida move, but I feel like I'm a lot more rocky this time with the move. It's taking me a little longer to like adjust, um, emotionally. Um, 
which doesn't have a lot to do with anything other than like, it's the questioning of who am I? It's like, I am in the process of like that shedding and like becoming peace. And it, so when you do that, it's always going to be a little uncomfortable because you're like, but who am I becoming? If I'm, if I'm in the in-between, I'm not me here and I'm not me where I'm going. I'm the me in between. And so it's all me, but it's uncomfortable in the process because you start to question like these pieces. And in some ways you almost hold on to pieces of yourself from the past because, because you like them, they've served you in some capacity, you know? And so, um, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, what those fears are. Um, but for me, it's not so much the fear of change as much as it is who I become with the change, because we as human beings do change all the time. And so there's a lot of that, like people don't change, people change for sure. And so there's a fear of like, what if I become somebody that I didn't want to be right. And so like, I think that there's always a little bit of hold back because of that. Yeah. I love that you just said, right. About the not enoughness because we're afraid of being like more than enough. Like that is such the way that you worded that. And I'm going to go back and listen because there is like, how can we be both of these things? And that is the whole point of uncovering and listening more to what our inner voice and our true being is actually saying to us, because you'll get to the core of it. It just takes, it just takes some time, right? Sometimes we hold ourselves back for whatever those reasons, like you just said. So on this big journey, like as not just the move, like not just the physical move, but the journey of unbecoming to become her, what is the most shocking thing that you've discovered about yourself? That's a really great question. Um, The most shocking thing that I've discovered about myself, I would say, I think it's, you know, really being able to, I don't know that this is really a discovery of myself, but I think what's been interesting about it is looking at my past and seeing the progress that I've made and being able to like, give myself that credit for the progress that has been made, knowing that like, I'm not where I want to be yet, you know, knowing that I'm still moving forward and I'm still growing and I'm still becoming, but also like, look at how far that I've come. I mean, when I think back over time, um, everything that has changed and the things that I've done, I mean, it's remarkable. And I mean, my husband and I talk about this all the time since the moment that we got together. Um, so fun story. I mean, my husband and I were only together like one month when I ended up getting pregnant. So, um, that was fun. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> we dated. or not, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I mean, truth be told, like before I met him, like I have been burned so many times and I was kind of done with all of it. And I was tired of trusting. And after like my childhood and trust issues and then going into like my twenties and dating and trust issues, I was like, I am done with all of this. Like I'm done. And, um, so I just kind of like went on dates and I was like, "Mm, I don't like this. And "Mm, I don't like that. (laughs) Like throwing the guys away. Like I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And I mean, I would love to think that I was going to give him a chance, but like, I don't know if I would have, because I was pretty jaded, like pretty jaded and pretty like, just like done with everybody. And so, um, it was a great thing that happened to me because it allowed me to, to learn to trust, um, because trust wasn't something that came easy. And so, um, when we talk about our past and like what we've been through, I mean, we, we started dating, you know, I got pregnant the same night that I told him I was pregnant. Um, he found out that his dad had um, a terminal illness and then his dad died like a month later. Um, we ended up getting engaged after that. I had my son and had some major complications, um, ended up off of work for seven months. We had to cancel our wedding. That was supposed to be the next year and move it up and plan it in 30 days. Cause I was losing medical coverage. So we planned a wedding in 30 days while I was sick, um, with a newborn. <laughs> so oh they were just like, it was like a whirlwind. Um, and then it wasn't long after that, a couple months later, um, I got pregnant with my second son. And then it was a few, like a year and a half later, he lost his job. Um, we moved to Florida, then we moved to another part of Florida, then we moved to North Carolina, like, we have done all the things, you know, and then we had my daughter in there, and she had the stroke. And I mean, we will be married for 10 years this year in September. So in nine years, we did more than what most people do in an entire lifetime. I mean, good things, sad things, um, you know, just lots and lots of, of different things. But 
that moment for me that was really pivotal in all of the things was when I had my son and then we came home and I ended up being put back in the hospital because I got sick. And when I went back into the hospital, I had to have surgery. It was major surgery. And I mean, truth be told, I was really afraid. Like it really, really felt like, I mean, I remember just being so sad. Like I looked at my son and I just thought like, I finally got to become a mom, which is what I said I always wanted. And I felt like I was being taken away from him. And like, I didn't know if I would ever get to really do it. And I was terrified. And I mean, I remember writing all all my wishes on a napkin on the hospital bed because we, it it was not, it was a really bad situation. And I remember um, when I woke up from the surgery and I looked and at the time he wasn't my husband, he was my fiance. And I remember looking at him and like being so shocked, literally to my core shocked that he was there. I just couldn't believe he was there. And you know, when you're coming in and out of anesthesia, you know how like you have like the same thought like 48 times. (laughs) So I kept waking up and looking at him and I'm like, oh, you're here. And then I'd like fall back asleep and (laughs) do it again. (laughs) And it's like, I have this memory of like being able to reinforce trust over and over and over again, that he was there. And I mean, I really didn't expect him to be there. Like at all, like zero, like it was a hundred percent shocking that he was there at the bedside. Um, because I don't, I never had that really. I never had that with not just a significant other, but like in general, I mean, my parents were there, but like, again, I played a different role there. I always was the rock and I couldn't be the rock in this situation because I was so sick. And so there was just that moment of realizing that like, oh my gosh, maybe I don't always have to be. Yeah. And that was a big moment for me of like, when I look back over time, like I had, I didn't have any of these tools back then. I was definitely still high stress, like very checking off the to-do list, doing all the things, never being, I was still in that state of mind. However, that was one of those pivotal moments um, that I definitely tap into now when I do meditations and things. Now I tap into that. And arguably a lot of what happened because of that situation could have been prevented if I had been listening to myself, I knew when I had that complication, I knew when I was having my son that there was something wrong and I did not speak up. I did not. I was still the meek person who was afraid to voice what was going on. And I almost died because of that. And I learned a lot in that lesson of, you know, you knew this and this could have had a very different outcome and you will always speak up when you feel something doesn't seem quite right. Yeah. I love that story. Thank you for sharing because I see it so much where people are not trusting themselves and trusting the knowing that, you know, not just in the aspect of what you knew your body was telling you and you chose you, whether or not you did it consciously or unconsciously, you made a decision not to listen to yourself and you had been making choices not to trust people um, because of whatever situation and that moment was the holy shit moment where it's like, he's here, I can trust this. But also now you're like, now I know I need to trust myself more and listen to myself more because our bodies know, right? People always sure. end up with these illnesses where they're like, oh, well, I had this, but I didn't listen. And it's like, holy shit, people sit still for five minutes, 10 minutes a day, listen to your body. Listen to yeah. the thoughts that you're having because there's signs, there's people, there's notices, there's things going on. And when we yeah. choose consciously or unconsciously to disregard that, that's when it puts us into situations where now you're going to have to make a, you're going to have to really make a decision. So, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that wasn't the only time I did that. I mean, there were right. definitely times, like I said, I didn't even have the tools then yet. It was like a slow learning process. There were other times I, you know, ended up in the hospital taken by ambulance because of, I mean, essentially in a nutshell, exhaustion and dehydration, like, because I didn't listen, like I knew, I knew that I wasn't doing well, like, and I did things anyway, like work a 12 hour day. Like, there yeah. were decisions made that were not the right decision. And I mean, I don't believe a lot in right and wrongs, but sometimes there's just wrong decisions made. Yeah. Our, <laughs> and, and I knew and it. Innate, yeah. Are we innately know, like yeah. our wisdom, our truth, we innately know what the answers are, whether or not we have the tools, and I say that in quotes, right, whether or not we have 
or believe we have the tools have it all it's just whether or not you want to listen to it and then building on that over time which you've done yes that's so much i want to just um to really well actually i I could talk to you all day but there's (laughs) one thing i do want to touch on your podcast but building your business working with nicole um where do you find, and I don't believe in the balance, right? Like I find that we have ebbs and flows in not only every season of our life, but in our day-to-day just living. And so how do you find the harmony in, you know, mothering and the motherhood aspect and being present with your kids and yet, you know, and I'm checking off the to-do list, putting things on the, on the done board, where's the harmony in that for you? So for me, it's like, just like you said, I mean, balance, I believe in balance, but not equal parts. And so the problem with balance is that people are expecting it to be equal and it's not going to be equal, at least not on a small scale. It needs to be equal on a large scale based on your core values, based on what matters most. Right. And so for me, it's always assessing that. And it's knowing that we have seasons in life. And so like right now I'm in this season where definitely Like I'm not spending as much time with my kids as I would like to be, right? But I'm talking myself through this regularly of like, but this is a season. Like right now there's just a lot going on in Wonder World. There's a lot going on. on, So I work with Nicole's husband as well in his construction business. I do a lot of like executive assistant tasks and organization and things there. And so there's a lot going on there right now. And so plus the move. And so there's boxes to unpack and things to organize. And so- there's definitely a lot of tasks that need to get executed. And so it does result in a little bit less time than what I would prefer with my kids. So this is that piece of like where mom guilt comes in, right? And then you're like, I'm not spending enough time with them or like this isn't, or like that's not, or like I'm failing at something all the time, right? And so we can definitely get into that mindset of like, I'm dropping balls somewhere all the time. Like if I do this and I I do that task and I get it done on time, then I'm dropping the ball over here with the kids. And so the key to soothing the guilt is logic in a lot of ways. And so for me, it's about this awareness of recognizing that like, this is a season I'm in. I'm prioritizing these things right now because these need to be prioritized in this season. And this season will end. This season will end and it will go into the next season, the ebb and the flow of all of the things. So balance becomes a problem when we're trying to have it every single day. But when we can look at the bigger picture, it becomes so much easier to look at this. And I think the most tangible example of this is when, as an entrepreneur, we look at revenue. Everybody talks about having, you know, 5K months, 10K months, 20K months. But what is the difference between having, you know, let's like, let's do 5K and look at it. Like if you make 15K in the first quarter, but quarter one, you made $0, but you made 15K between the next two months, it's still a 15K quarter. Really, you're having 5K months. Maybe not consistent five K months, but looking at the month is not giving you a very valid picture of the business. Maybe that's the month that you had no launches and weren't really selling. Maybe you were building that month. And so the expectation of having consistent monthly revenue is kind of irrelevant in a lot of ways because you're not really aiming for consistent monthly revenue. You're aiming to be able to just feel good and build a business you love. So if you're gonna, if your goal is 15K quarters, that's your goal. It doesn't mean you need to hit it every month, right? And so it's being able to be in that space. And so balance in life and time is exactly the same. And so the dollars give it a more tangible example, but it's the same idea of like, look at where you're spending your time over a period of time. You know, I feel like maybe I'm not spending enough quality time with the kids, but it's like, yeah, but like the whole month of December was literally all about my kids. You know, we went to Universal and we had Christmas. And so it's like, yeah that was all there. And so that ability to kind of see that it works both ways is important. So for me, the ebb and the flow and the harmony every day in life is really just about seeing the bigger picture. It's literally prioritized alignment. It's knowing all of the pieces that come up, knowing what my vision is, how I want to feel, how I want to think about myself, looking at my core values, and then prioritizing based on that so that I can create a routine that is based on priorities and values rather than just based on like, oh, I put the time block in there today because the time blocking doesn't really help you come more into yourself. No, it doesn't. It's funny because like I, I prioritize 
and time block per se the things that I value the most. And then I leave room that I call I leave room for magic, right? I leave room for the other things that I know are going to fill me up that is going to make me feel more aligned. So I love the way that you describe that. And maybe we can talk quickly about your podcast because I love it. Um, yeah, just share a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so I started um, the Aligned Mama podcast um, about a year and a couple months ago. It was October of 2021. <laughs> I have to think about my year because we just changed. Yeah. Um, 2021. And so we actually just released the 60th episode. So I'm excited. We're really getting up there in episodes, which is it's just amazing. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's about being able to be an aligned mama. And um, that really, the truth behind it is like, it's not perfection. You know, it's not perfection. It's not doing all the things, but yet it's also doing all the things. It's being able to do all the things and be aligned in the way that you do all the things. And cutting out the things that you're not aligned with. We, you know, we have that thing of like, well, you can't do everything. And it's like, well, you can do everything you want to do. Right. The real question here is what do you want? Right. And so that's really what it helps narrow in on. So it's like real talk, you know, real talk on, you know, kids and, and life and getting them to eat vegetables, but also being able to, you know, be successful and, and build a business um, and really fill your cup as a mom. So lots of different topics and episodes in there um, on lots of different things. So good. All right. And I'm definitely going to be putting all the links for that in, in the show notes, of course. Um, but maybe you can just share where people can find you if uh, if they want to get more of you. I could talk to you more about just the full alignment. That's something that I have worked on at the last, definitely in the last couple of years where it's like listening and trusting. That's my word for the year. Um, but really, it's been there. But I've just really trusting in the belief and the faith uh, of myself really more. So just share maybe where people can find you and get more of you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about the podcast, so that's definitely one. Um, and there's usually links in the podcast to like the Facebook group. Um, so I do have a Facebook group, which is all about high achieving moms It's for high achieving moms to come in and prioritize alignment in their life. Um, so, you know, we have trainings that go in through the group here and there, and, um, I have a website, so definitely check out the website as well. Um, lots of good stuff sprinkled all around. Um, but, you know, reaching out to me through the DMs is usually one of the easiest way so Facebook DMs is usually the fastest way to get in touch um so that we can you know have everybody get in, into that alignment imagine a world where everybody could say their truth in a way that wasn't attached to emotion that required an emotional charge right because I mean if everybody went around speaking their truth it would be scary <laughs> but if we do it from a place of alignment and free communication from our truth and having suits our own feelings It'd be a completely different world. And so alignment is definitely a key part of that. So I love being able to help share that message. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love that. It would be a different world if we could all do that. So I appreciate you so much and what you're putting out there. And thank you so much for this chat. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, I will put all the links in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Liz. Uh, she is such a delight and she is doing uh, some amazing things in the world. Okay, so all about the April, Abundant April giveaway. All right, what I would love for you to do in order to be uh, entered into the giveaway and more details would be coming as to exactly what, but let me tell you, these prizes for the giveaway are going to be quite amazing. They're going to bring just a joy to your home, a sense of peace, a sense of calm, and um, I know that you will love it. So this is what you're going to want to do as well. All of the details will be in the show notes. You're going to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, uh, not only for my podcast, The Spiritual Shift Worker, but also for the Living Elemental podcast. So you must take a screenshot of those two reviews that you leave and email it to me. Again, the email address is going to be in the show notes. That will give you uh, one entry each for leaving both of those reviews. And if you are so eager and want to share an episode, uh, you can share on social media. Make sure you tag me and that will give you a bonus entry. 
And what's even better is that for another bonus entry, uh, you can subscribe to the list and you can get on my email list and you will be the first to know about upcoming events, the upcoming uh, podcast episodes, as well as just some epic guests that I'm going to be having. But also I love to support women that are doing unbelievable things in the world. And so I love to promote them and I love to share what they're sharing. So that will also give you a bonus entry. All of this is going to be in the show notes and you can of course reach out to me on social if you want more details. But the main thing is that you're going to leave a five-star review for not only the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast, but for also the Living Elemental podcast. And then all you need to do is take a screenshot of each of those reviews and email it to lianslifeharmony at bell.net. Like I said, that is all going to be in the show notes. And this will um, giveaway will be on for the entire month of April, and I will be uh, choosing the winner on May the 2nd. So go and review and send me your entries and have the most fabulous week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipper Group podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shiftworker and on Instagram at Lianne McGaughy. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.